Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. Um, today I got a cool one for you. We're going to do part two of the fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore. Now, if you haven't listened to my first episode on fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore, I definitely recommend going back and doing so before you listen to this one, um, just because it starts off with some classics. Um, that was episode 35, so only about 10 before this one. Um, so not too bad. So, uh, yeah, I would recommend doing that if you haven't already. Um, this week's episode is basically just going to feature, uh, more of the, the fearsome critters, just another section of them. Um, the first one was, was very much some of the, the classics. Um, and now we're going to do some of the weirder ones. Um, and you know, kind of really go into those ones. So I'm excited. Today's going to be an interesting episode. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Lumberjack folklore started in the early days of logging camps in the great wilderness of the United States. Tall tales were often shared around the campfires at the end of a long day, telling stories of creatures and phenomena that you too could experience if you didn't stick to the trail in the woods or were out past a certain time at night. Every region had their own stories and creatures to share, and eventually those stories would travel and the fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore would be known coast to coast across the United States. There are many examples of fearsome critters, um, some getting their start simply because uh, they were a misidentified animal, while others created to terrify those around the fire. The book Fearsome Critters of the Lumberwoods by William T. Cox, published in 1910, details 20 different creatures that were talked about amongst lumberjack camps in the years leading up to it, though there are said to be more than 100, some being lost of time, which is unfortunate because some of them are really cool. With that being said, let's get into some of these fearsome critters that were said to be lurking just beyond the tree line. So we're going to kick things off with one of the cuter of the fearsome critters, the cactus cat. Um, the cactus cat is literally just like a little bobcat-like creature that's covered in cactus thorns. It's sometimes depicted as green with a little flower on its tail. Sometimes it's not green and it's more you know normal bobcat color but just covered in thorns regardless i think it's adorable um and it's one of the ones that you find a lot in little you know like tchotchke shops and stuff because it's easy to make because it's cute um so let's get into it basically with the cactus cat what it would do is use its little spines to slash into cactuses um so that the juice would now uh, flow out of the cactus. There would be just like puddles of cactus juice everywhere. Um, and then later on, a couple days or so later, the cactus cat would go back and drink the, the what would be now fermented juice from the cactus that would be laying on the ground. Um, so basically, a cactus cat would just get drunk as hell in the middle of the desert for fun. Um, and then the cactus cat would just go up to people's doors and like meow and and kind of shriek at them and and just make a lot of noise for no reason um it was said to be you know kind of friendly towards humans initially um in the original tellings of the cactus cat um it was mostly friendly only attacking them accidentally um usually when they were intoxicated by this you know cactus alcohol um, but there was a remake of the fearsome creatures kind of tweaking these original tales in 2015, um, that detailed the cactus cat as way less friendly and just attacking people and killing them, um, by 
hitting them with their little spiky tails um, if they try to steal the cactus juice. So yeah, it's kind of neat. We kind of, I really like the cactus cat. I think it's really cute. Um, I also just want to note that uh, in the 2015 remake, um, the cactus cat is not its own like original creature, but instead it's a descendant of the wampus cat and the ball-tailed cat, um, kind of just put together, which I think is kind of fun um, and also cute. Um, yeah, so moving on, we'll go to our next one. Um, we're going to talk about the aggro pelter now. So the aggro pelter, um, if you break down the name aggro pelter, you would assume it's probably kind of angry and throwing things. Um, and that's essentially exactly what it did. Uh, so the only description of the aggro pelter gives it an ape-like appearance. Um, if that, if that sounds right to you, it should, because, you know, this is, this is cryptozoology. We're talking about Bigfoots and stuff. So, uh, little primate, primate guys running through the woods, throwing stuff at you is, uh, right there in that alley. Um, so ape-like in appearance, only skinnier and faster than any known primate. So real, real, uh, speedy. Um, it hides in the hollow dead trees and uses its high up vantage point to get the right angle to throw branches and rocks at people passing below. The creature is said to eat woodpeckers, hoot owls, and rotting trees, never really needing to leave its hole to feed. Many stories blame the agropelter for disappearances in the woods, um, which is a very familiar concept, um, and for any injury that came from falling or thrown tree branches, um, which makes sense to me. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta blame something. Realistically, it might have been just like a squirrel knocking a tree branch over, but, you know, or it was an agropelter, who knows. Uh, one account tells of a pioneer surveyor that was supposedly kidnapped by an agropelter and fed raw fish until he was able to sneak out of the hollowed tree and escape. So that's hysterical to me. That is so funny. This man's just out here surveying the land, chilling, whatever, gets kidnapped by this little, you know, skinny, super fast ape, essentially, and fed raw fish. <laughs> in this little tree hollow, which, how did this man fit in a tree hollow? Would love to know, because that's not realistic. Uh, somehow he got out, though, and escaped. What I would really like to know is that, obviously, you know, and I said this in the beginning, I said this in the previous, you know, first part of the, the Fearsome Critters, there are a million different reasons why these stories could have been made, or, you know, kind of how they could have came to be. Um, and a lot of them simply are just tall tales to tell, you know, people who are new to the camps to scare them for fun. Um, some of it was hazing, some of it was ch just to pass the time. Something like an agropelter, that, for me at least, and I said, you know, I said this at the beginning, it, it makes sense to me. It's, a, it's something I think that could actually have been um, rooted in some truth. Maybe these creatures were seeing a wood devil. Um, you know, if you refer back to my Wood Devils of Coas County uh, episode or, you know, maybe it was just like a, a different Sasquatch, you know, whatever, could have been anything. Uh, but in the off chance that it was nothing and this man just like made up a story, why? You know, did he get lost? Was he embarrassed that he got lost? I mean, he's a surveyor, so he's out there, you know, making making notes about the land, just kind of in general. But I'm like, the, the imagination you would have to have to make up a story like this is so funny to me. 
Um, so I don't know. This was this feels like one to me that actually could could have been rooted in a little bit of truth, which a lot of these they're not, and I know that. That's fine. Whatever. Um, the dreamer in me is gonna just let it let it go. But uh, the agropelter for me is one that does definitely feel like it it could be rooted in some truth. So. With that being said, we're going to move on to one that has been um, definitely, definitely uh, written off. Um, I can't think of, the, what is the word? Debunked. Debunked is the word I was looking for. Debunked and, um, you know, definitively proven to be a hoax. Uh, but one of the cutest hoaxes that's ever existed. And man, do I wish they were real. Let's talk about the jackalope. The jackalope is probably one of the most famous fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore. It is like one of the most well-known. I think everyone, regardless of how they feel about cryptozoology, how they feel about mythology, cryptids, weird stuff, whatever, everyone knows what a jackalope is um, because they've been featured in movies, they've been featured in books, they've been featured in a lot of art, and they're also just so cute. I have this really adorable a uh, jackalope plushie that my roommate got me years ago. It is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, and if it were up to me, jackalopes would be real. But anyway, uh, if you don't know what a jackalope is for some reason, let me tell you. So the jackalope is, like I said, one of the more famous fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore. It has the classic appearance of a rabbit with antelope-like antlers growing from its head. The jackalope was supposedly so dangerous to men that they would have to wear stovepipes around their legs to keep from being impaled with the jackalope's horns. And by horns, I mean antlers. Um, the jackalope was also said to be able to mimic human voices and that many nights as cowboys would sit around the campfire and sing their songs to each other, they could hear the almost human voices singing along in the distance. So that part is horrifying. The jackalope as a creature, I wish it was real because it's so cute, but that part I could do without. I really don't think I would enjoy. Um, well, and I think about this all the time. This is this will come as no surprise to a lot of you. I think I've talked to most, most people about this and said this a lot of times, but I'm really scared of the woods. And when I go into the woods, the absolute last thing that I would like to hear is something singing along with me, even if it comes in the form of a tiny little rabbit with antlers because that's at least cute. Um, but I'll tell you that I don't think that would be any less scary in the desert. You know, I think honestly, it'd probably be worse. So in general, that's something about the jackalope I don't like. The rest of it I do like though, because it's very cute. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There you go. There's my opinion on the jackalope. I'm going to move on to the next one because the next one is not a very well-known one. Uh, and it's weird and there's not really, um, a lot of information on it because it's not a really well-known one, but that's okay. We'll talk about it anyway. This one is called the Gilly Galoo. That's spelled G-I-L-L-Y-G-A-L-O-O. Gilly Galoo. So <laughs> this one is so funny because it, it's literally a seemingly normal bird that nests on hillsides and lays square eggs so that they won't roll down the hill. So that's funny. Um, it's just like a normal bird just chilling, hanging out, except its eggs are square, uh, which is odd. And the eggs are spotted. They have like polka dots, essentially, giving the appearance of dice when they're hard boiled. 
And the lumberjacks that encountered this creature's nests would do just that with them. So they had something to play games like CeeLo with. So they would just make dice out of this egg. That's so funny. Like, why? I mean, like, good on you. That's so creative. Um, But it's hilarious to me that the only bizarre thing about this bird is that it rolls or lays square eggs, Uh, which that is bizarre. Like, I'll give you that. That's fucking weird. But I don't know. I feel like (laughs) with everything else on the list, like, that's that's so normal. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's how lumberjacks, uh, you know, got dice. So now we know the origin stories of dice. Um, The very last one that I'm going to talk about in this episode um, is one, another one that I feel like is, is kind of a classic and kind of well-known. Um, and like, I don't know if that's just a me thing because a lot of the time I have found that things that I think are well-known are certainly not, um, which is fine, but we're going to talk about the fur-bearing trout. And this one, I at least know a couple other people who know something about it. So I don't feel as like in the dark. Um, but the fur-bearing trout, um, actually, ties to another culture's folklore so it's not just and this is like the odds of it have having been brought over um you know stories of this creature being brought over with you know people who came to you know have a new life in america and the newly discovered americas or whatever um it's pretty high it's pretty high that that's that's what happened here um but i do just like that it's also present in a different culture's folklore like that's really cool so the fur-bearing trout is associated with scandinavian folklore as well um as it's suggested in the name the fur-bearing trout is simply a trout that is covered in fur um (laughs) very off-putting very hard to look at uh the tale basically goes that the water is so cold in the lakes and rivers that this fish is found in that it grows a thick layer of white fur to keep itself from freezing um, now, at least, at the very least, in this region of the world, in the Americas, it's pretty well known that the fur-bearing trout is a hoax. I don't know how they feel about it in Iceland. I'm not going to um, assume that I know. But in Iceland, the fur-bearing trout actually comes from demons and giants. Um, and essentially, their purpose is, is they're inedible. Um, and the demons and giants would fill the rivers with inedible fish to curse humankind for their wicked ways. I like that one a lot more than I like uh, the American one because it's kind of boring that it's just there because it's cold. Like, that's kind of silly to me. Um, But yeah, we got quite a few of these uh, fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore. Um, And, you know, as I said earlier, there are about 20 in the original book that was written about it. Um, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods by William T. Cox. Um, So there's about 20 in that book. But in reality, there's said to be more than a hundred. Some of them have just been lost to time. Some of them I don't think have gotten um, the recognition that they really needed to survive uh, history. Um, but we do still have a lot of, uh, you know, instances of them in literature and in um, on the internet and in pop culture and stuff. So um, hopefully uh, you guys will stick around for the next part of this this specific series which is the you know the the fearsome critters because i have so many more that i could tell you about 
Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and listening to part two of the Fearsome Critters of Lumberjack Folklore. Um, I have really been enjoying making this this little mini series within a within a show because it's it's really fun and they're interesting to me. So <clears throat> I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I will have a totally different brand new topic for you next week. Uh, if you care to stick around, that would be real cool. Um, but yeah, so I will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.